I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today on our 2020 Holiganza finale episode, we watched The Snow Queen from 1957. It is a um, Soyuz film uh, movie from Russia. And we watched um, the Russian dub with English subtitles. It is also, it's available for free on YouTube. Um, I, I found a non-YouTube version, but the, the YouTube versions are, are decent quality and have subtitles. So you can easily freely watch this if you want to try out a new movie during the holiday season. Yeah. Um, this isn't really a Christmas movie. It's just like a wintertime movie. Um, there's nothing real Christmassy about it. But um who wants to do a spoiler-free plot synopsis? Uh, okay. Oh, yay. Thank <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, Okay, okay. There are, there are two children, Gerda and Kai, and they are what sworn brother and sister is how they refer yeah. to it. Yeah, something like. They're sworn friends. My like, sworn, well, my sworn, yeah, my sworn brother. They're, they're. They're best. They're super best friends. It's hard to say like how good of a translation sure. we're working with here. Um, it doesn't they're, feel like it's a particularly artistic one, so it's hard to say. <laughs> they're at minimum super best friends, <laughs> who uh, you know hang out at each other's houses and things. And one night, Gerda's grandmother is telling them about the Snow Queen. And Gerda's scared, and, and Kai, assumedly to make her feel better, is like, well, you know, like, don't let the Snow Queen scare you. Like, I'll, you know, put her in the fire, and then we'll melt her or whatever. Little did they know the Snow Queen was watching them and was like, oh, will you? And she <laughs> curses Kai. He becomes a rude boy. She uh, takes him away, and then the the story is... Gerda trying to find her her super best friend Kai and yeah 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 it's 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 a quest story like we get opening stuff but the gist of the story like you said is her going on a quest to find him she kind of has miscellaneous adventures along the way yeah yeah without getting into spoilers what we think of this would we recommend this on any level which what you guys thinking uh I recommend it I generally enjoyed it yeah yeah um, how, I guess I'll ask this later, but I'm curious how you feel it compares to our Soyuz Milt <laughs> film uh, Christmas movie from last year. Oh, so. that's a good question. You so I guess three. keep that in mind as we're talking. Sure. I'll, I'll come back to that. You have three cues. I, I think I would recommend it. Um, I mean, there was, there was, it was, it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know how else to say. I don't know if I would be like, oh man, I definitely would not put it on a must-see list. And, but it's interesting. It's, it's, I don't know. I think I would recommend it. That's where I'll just. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. Um, I actually think I saw this when I was very little. Um, yeah, that seems, that seems. Yeah. I don't know if it was like we rented it. If I saw it like at Fred Meyer, when you would (laughs) put me in the little play area that they had or whatever, I'm not sure when I like exactly under what circumstances I saw it. And I'm sure it was an English dub. I'm sure it wasn't the Russian version. Um, But I'm pretty sure I saw this as a kid and there were parts of it as we get later into the movie that were 
perhaps formative for me um, in, in a way that I didn't remember until seeing it. So that's mm. interesting. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting film. I'd, I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's it doesn't adhere to the same sort of storytelling principles as a lot of Western animation. And so I think you shouldn't go into it expecting that. But it's, yeah, it's enjoyable. I, w- I would definitely say watch it. Yeah, animation looks great. And yeah. I think you all said this, but it is based on a Hans Christian Andersen yes. book. And it apparently apparently um, adheres to that, follows the storyline much more closely. As was something that you all would be very familiar with, Frozen, was also based on this same Hans Christian Andersen tale. But, but it uh, went somewhere totally different totally with it. Different. It basically... The real only similarity between this and Frozen is that there's a lady who has ice powers. Yes. That's there's, not, yeah. There's, I mean, and I guess a girl going on a quest to get to rescue someone she cares about. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Only very similarities. Different, very different films. Um, yes. Let's get specific. So yes, as mom said, this is based on an 1844 story of the same name by Hans Christian Andersen and is... Um, is the first movie adaptation of the story, actually. This film marked the first purchase of a Soviet film by any major American company, uh, that being Universal. Um, The Snow Queen has become one of the pillars of 20th century animation. It is arguably the most famous Soviet cartoon outside the Soviet Union. One reason for that popularity is the influence it had in in the U.S. in the 50s and 60s, where the film would air in the Christmas and New Year television primetime slots. Because oh. uh, Universal owned maybe, the rights to it. Maybe also this were. Yeah, you could, might have seen it. Yeah. Um, so this movie deviates slightly from Anderson's story by editing out the religious undertones. And then other elements that were edited out were time-based events, such as the Raven's old age or the little robber Gerda and Kai turning into adults. Um, apparently they do that during the, in the story. So oh, I'm not sure if it's during or if it's like an epilogue. I don't know. Cause I haven't read it, but yeah, some stuff like that. It was streamlined basically yeah. to, to an extent. And then I'll save, I'll save the other big fun fact I have for animation. Yeah. Let's, let's get into the story characters, voice acting, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I love that little old guy at the beginning. Ole. <laughs> Oh, Le- Lecoy? He, uh, the translation is Old Dreamy. I okay. think that's what he's called in English dubs. God of Dreams is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a little god of dreams, but he's like, do I look like a god to you? Gave me a little Jiminy Cricket vibe. And he has umbrellas. That's one of my questions. So since you've gone to it, is this dude better than Jiminy Cricket? <laughs> I would say yes. Yeah, I like his, his... Uh, all his umbrellas. He's, his umbrellas are pretty neat. Uh, and then he brings them out a couple times and he had like the, the starry umbrella. Yeah. He's also guy. not a sex pest. Cause I don't know if you guys have seen Pinocchio wow. recently, but, um, <laughs> Jimmy Cricket's kind of, kind of creepy. Kind of creepy guys. It's been <laughs> a while. strong words. <laughs> I'm they- just... He has some, you know, we'll get there when we get to Pinocchio eventually, but Jiminy Cricket, I did not remember. Kind of creepy. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> um, also, just not terribly great at, like, literally the one drop he has, is he? Um, yeah, no, this guy's fun. I don't actually have that much of an opinion on if he's better. They're totally different characters, but he he has, there's definitely some 
ways in which it reminds you of that just in that he is a little dude who is at the beginning of the story and kind of he narrates which isn't exactly the role Jiminy Cricket takes in this takes takes in Pinocchio um he kind of does in other things it varies um what's interesting since we're talking about story there are times in his narration and his role as a narrator that I didn't feel I needed that narration yeah but yet there are times that he didn't narrate that I like, I would like some explanation on this because I'm not quite, I don't know if I understand or understand how to interpret this. So he, yeah. So I don't think he was utilized very well. I think he was utilized well in some parts, but I definitely agree that sometimes it felt like I actually didn't really need him here. It didn't feel like he was adding anything to my understanding of anything. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, I'm, there there could have been one or two points where he, he could have appeared and it might have helped some. As the story, like, especially later in the story, he appears much less, which I think is is part of the pacing, is that you don't want to interrupt anymore at this point with right. that. Yeah, I don't know. I think he worked best as a beginning and ending, and then also the once or twice where he was utilized basically as a scene transition mm-hmm. of like, okay, so she's doing this. Let's see how Kai's doing. You know, like that's a decent use of him. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. But then sometimes he would just kind of comment, and it didn't. It's like, yeah, I literally saw that. Like, I get it. Yeah, um, so he was, yeah, he was. There was highs and lows with his usage. Yeah. And again, I was very glad that it tapered off and that he didn't keep interrupting the story. Yeah. But again, there were some, some, a few, I can't think off the top of my head, but I know that there were some points that I would have really appreciated his interpretation. Sure, sure. my understanding of, yeah. I I was happy to see him when he popped up again at the end, which isn't really spoilers because yeah, he, he closes the movie. Um, Yeah. I was, uh, thought it was interesting seeing some of these other, uh, Disney films where they kind of have this storybook type intro. I think the kind of ghost book intro that Disney does sometimes I, I less like. Uh, but having a person tying it together, at least in this case, I didn't mind it so much. Yeah, yeah. How Disney will just like zoom in and it's a book and it opens up. And then some narrators like reading the opening to this book. And then it just kind of goes into the book and the narrator never comes back. Cause he's yeah. not important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I like the person, like this little dude who's got personality. Who's our narrator is much more enjoyable in that, in that way. And he pulls his umbrellas out of the top of the book. And I thought that the, there was, because I'm so used to it from Disney, I thought by him pulling out, especially that last umbrella that he was really tugging on was going to cause the book to open up to uh, a certain story or something like yeah. that and fall over. Um, but it, but he has two umbrellas. and He we seems were, to maybe very... even have more because there was one that had like a constellation mm, on it. Yes. But I'm not sure if it's that the, the dream umbrella can like just change how it looks. Yeah, right. That could. But his, uh, a solid black one that he had uh, that he said f- the the colored one was for good children that were obedient and good and kind and and not lazy and so forth to have these these dreams fairy tale dreams but the solid black umbrella was for naughty children and we were initially worried i thought oh no he's gonna cause bad dreams but no it was just that they would lay there like a log and have no dreams at all because they were naughty children he uses that a lot on adults it seems because a lot of adults (laughs) just don't remember dreams yes (laughs) yes um but you know as you get older you get tend to get naughtier i guess (laughs) 
That's I love you. Um, I like the between houses balcony thing that the kids hang oh, out. That on. was so, so cool. It's really neat. It's yeah. Like it's like there. There's these two houses that are like across the street from each other. There's a street going between them, but up above, there's a little connecting balcony thing that they just like hang out on and have like a little garden area. It's yeah, really it's, cute. It's really cute. And the story, because I would have to read the actual Hans Christian Andersen tale. I wonder, you know, if that story flows any better. This story was a little bit choppy to me in parts. It didn't have a really, yes, it was a quest story, but there were some parts that just, I don't know, didn't seem the transition, there wasn't enough of a transition for me. The transitions didn't always feel great. Yeah, sometimes the transitions felt a little awkward. Yeah, it just kind of varied. Um, like the the segments themselves were generally good, but yeah, sometimes the transitions between them was a little stilted or awkward. Even, not even just in, like, even in terms of like the animation slash fading was sometimes, it, it felt a little awkward. Yeah, and I know I said that there was nothing as obvious like in Mulan, the animated Mulan, where you have a horse being held up by a rope and a huge plot hole that you're like, mm, that wouldn't work. But there are were things in this that made me cringe somewhat, too, that were kind of plot hole. I'm like, mm, that, you know, you're not establishing that that could happen, you know, in this, in normal circumstances. And you, so, yeah. You'll definitely have to get into specifics later. I'm, I'm curious about some of the specifics. But first, I want to talk about Snow Queen hears a kid mock her. And that's really all that she needs to start causing problems. Yes. And I love that about her. I'm like, mm, you're channeling some real Maleficent vibes here of just like <laughs> being really petty. And I'm about it. It's like, oh, this kid thinks that he can step to me. I'm going to ruin this child's life. I'm going to make this child a terrible person who uh, doesn't enjoy living and I'm going to feel great about it the whole way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it makes kind of makes me think about like her whole deal. She says is like not being like she, she, her heart is ice. Uh, so she doesn't like have, she's like joy, grief. Like you won't have that. It'll just be like, Oh God, what did she What'd say? What'd she say? Cold and and calm. Some, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Cold and calm. Yeah, so so she does this even though she would... Even though she's be... the sort of person who sees a child mock her and gets so angry about it that she immediately takes action to ruin a child's or life. Or at least feel some sort of way. Maybe I, it's... I mean, that's a decent... To immediately take action in that way. She also broke the mirror. That's how angry she was. That's a significant amount of emotion, Ice Queen. It's this is a deep cut for for most audiences, I would think. It makes me think of Kingdom Hearts and the Nobodies. They're like, we don't have hearts, we don't we don't feel, and it's like you are all messy. You're all very messy and feel very strongly. This is BS, and yeah. it's similarly, Snow Queen. You just go and ruin a kid. You get so mad, you shatter your mirror and then go ruin a child's day over, like, one comment. Yes. And that's a lot. And I, I applaud it, but it <laughs> throws into question your whole heart of ice, doesn't really feel anything, calm and collected all the time. 
Yeah, it was very vindictive. Yeah. And she also caused like a plague upon this town or something. <laughs> yeah. Where she, she goes sent out her, Yeah, it was just like, whoo, these stupid people. I'm going to this and that. I don't remember all the plague that she cast, but it was, yeah. Yeah, she went real hard over <laughs> a dumb little comment that a kid made. It's great. Yeah, the, that aspect of it, I love. Yeah. Wonder if she's like, oh, I hear somebody talking about me. She starts to look in the window, and then she and she's sees- hearing the grandma, and she's like, yeah, yeah, she's she knows what it's about. And then this kid starts talking, and she's like, mm. it's like, wow, <laughs> got to show them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have this quote. Look, I'm not crying. Honest, I'm not. While she's crying. Yeah. Oh, Hello, <laughs> Gerda. I was at Gerda. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, She's trying to play with Kai after he's started turning evil or whatever. And yes, he's so rude. He's like, no, you're going to fall and you're going to cry. And well, she's like, I've she, never he wants to. She wants to be on a sled that he's yes, pulling. Yes, yes. And so so she, she's like, you, you let me play before. And he was like, no, you're going to fall, you're going to cry. And she's like, well, I haven't fallen before. And if I fall, I won't cry. And so he's like, okay, fine. And you see he has a look in his face. So then he purposefully makes her fall. And then is like, see, you you fell and you cried. And then he just walks away because he's rude. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not crying. But she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was one of the parts where I felt. The most, yeah. the most sympathy for dear and, and our little, what is our little um, dream guy? He's crying. Like it cuts to the narrator, or it's, and he's crying. Old dreamy, yeah, old dreamy. Yeah, he he's, he's more crying. crying because of what's happened to Kai, though. At that moment, he's like, "Oh, poor Kai." No, but he yeah. was saying because he's oh, been turned Gerda. to height. Yeah, but he was to, also saying, poor "Yeah, yeah." Guy. It's both of them. It's, it's like both. they were the best of friends, and now yeah. this tragedy has struck. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I put, oh, ding, dang, that bird died of coldness. Yeah, I was oh. so sad. <laughs> yes, when the queen when the queen absconds with Kai, she this poor little bird is observing kind of this going on. She stopped in her carriage, and she keeps causing these things to happen in the tree, freezing up. And then this mother bird is protecting her babies, and finally she, she keeps casting things, and the mother bird just, slum, you know, just yeah. slumps. You like, do... Her being there, like her breath is making things ice over. Yeah, and and it, it, the branches were icing, and the it was kind of growing to get closer to these birds in this nest until it 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 hit the mom, and it was very sad. Yeah, she just like immediately died, and then the little birds are like, I know, kind of poking up underneath her. Yeah, you see three little birds, and you're like, real harsh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I was just born. Like, like, Gerda, as she starts out on her adventures, just, like, asking random animals and stuff. And Um, things in nature. Yeah, just asking random things if they know where Kai went. She asks a little lamb and is like, I don't know, I was just born, and then bounces off. Yeah. (laughs) It's cute. It's, I, I find it fascinating how Gerda talks to things like bodies of water and even gates. Um, because in, you know, in most media... That would show someone is maybe not right in the head, but in this world <laughs> it works because the water and the gate does, they don't say words, but they respond to her talking to them. Yeah. And I think that's neat. It's, it's, it's like, it creates a fantastical world that is still not like so fantastical that the, the gate has a face and, and can talk and stuff, but it's like, 
it's i don't know it's it's almost just like everything is alive in a, in a way and you can communicate to it it's it's interesting i i, I liked that aspect yeah uh, she and it's also interesting that she offered her shoes to the stream the the water the body of water it looked like a lake at first but then it was wasn't just that to the body of water and at first it doesn't seem like it'll take it then it eventually takes her shoes but it's not like she offered something to everything she talked to i don't know why she felt like she had to offer something to this body of water because then she has no shoes for like most of the rest of the movie she has no shoes yet she's traveling the world to try to find um, and it it made a fairly big deal out of the shoes too and narration wise mentioned that they were like new nice red shoes um so yeah i mean i think it's just i think it's showing that she is both a caring person and someone who's willing to give of herself to achieve what she wants Mm -hmm. um and that's just like a really early example of that that's that's one of the more obvious ones is like here take this i'm willing to give this up to find him you know yeah and then one of the next things that happened that had a part that i could have used a little narration with just to understand maybe a little bit better and especially how much time was supposedly passing is that she is the boat or the that she's in leads her into this area where this woman who has these gardens in this house who apparently can do some magic and basically she's um, kind of thinks she's rescuing Gerda and then takes her into her garden and, and her husband wants to keep Gerda there so she puts her to sleep basically and then there's a passage of time and I it, think and it, it was just sin- like a couple hours into the evening. No, because it oh. specifically said Is in the narration. No, the narration specifically, then you, it cuts to the narrator that says for every hour um, that days will seem I like hours that. and... And like months will seem like a day. Because it was like, like spring when she set out, and then when she leaves that place, yeah, it's, it's like fall. already fall. But this is what I that I was going to ask you all about. But what I also noticed that seemed like so so in that case there would be a couple of months or part, it of, like part it. of a year, but half what, a year at least. It but seems. what I found interesting is it seemed as as though her dress was shorter. That visibly when she stood up without the shoes, that her dress was much further from the ground than it had been so i wondered if yeah as if she grew so that's why i was thinking are we talking years i that's what i was to say she's i mean she's at an age where you can have growth spurts in a matter of months so i think that's a little hard to say that it was definitely that it was at least like half a year that's why i was just confused i would think it was most of the year because it was definitely mentioned when uh, she started out on her journey that it was spring. Like, it was spring, Correct. the animals were being born, whatever. And then, yes, she says, or the narrator says, that it is fall by the time she leaves. Right, so I just wish they hadn't shown that difference in her in her skirt length, you know, of her dress. Because, that to me, against she I mean, had it, it was, spring, that was a little bit too... It was confusing. so subtle a thing that I didn't even notice it. Yeah. So I think that's just kind of a... I mean, again, I think that she's young enough that that's not that she would grow in a matter of months okay yeah as for what that lady's deal is yeah it's just like she collects flowers and this human girl is like another flower to her which is an mm-hmm. interesting and then yeah. what danica alluded to that was interesting is that making her way out the woman was asleep and she wakes up in a start i have to find kai i have to find kai but she convinces these little soldiers and they i'm just not clear if they're I like they were, like he raises the drumsticks and the guy like raises yeah. the horn and, and then she's like no don't and they're like oh, okay 
I know, I know, when she's like, please, she's just so sweet, just please, you know, please, you know, have mercy. But then she asked the gate, you know, please, I beg of you, have, have mercy and it, and it or whatever, for. and it opens for so yeah. Moving along, the next major thing that she comes to is uh, she meets a bird guy who brings her to a mansion where there's like a party going on, and her and the bird guy and his, was it wife or fiance? Fiance. Fiance uh, help her sneak in. Um, because um, she thinks that Kai's in there based on the description that the bird guy gave. And I, I thought that the buildup with like sneaking through the castle, having to go through a lot of rooms and get around guards and stuff like that. Like I, I felt like that was a really nice buildup to the moment of seeing if it's Kai or not. And you kind of, you kind of know in your gut because you're like, it's too early in the movie. And also there's no sign of the snow queen here that it's not him. But I feel like the build up to that moment, even just putting yourself in Greta's uh, mindset of like the, how it's building up for her was well done. Yeah. I love how the fiance, um, how she has just, I'm not sure, like little white ruffles around her, yeah. her feet. Like, yeah. was she in a uniform because know, she worked for the look. palace? It's cute. I wasn't sure, but it was. Yeah, it's cute. like, what do you do as a job? I for know, the I know, I know. I, I wasn't understand. quite getting it. It was funny. And she then, eats the leftover food. No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, she might clean because the uh, Carrick, Karak, his yeah. name, the bird. He noticed that. Uh, Gerda was was tracking in little feet, yes. footprints, yes. and he started cleaning them up for her. Yeah, as as she walked through, she's got dirty feet because she has no shoes. Yeah, very cute. <laughs> yes. Um. I and then I, you know, then you have the reveal. It's not Kai. There's the sh- first she sees some uh, brown haired kid sleeping. She's like, "Well, that's not him." And she moves over, and there's a blonde haired kid sleeping, and she wakes him up. But he's obviously not Kai. He's significantly chubbier. Um. And it's a prince and a princess, and there's a brief moment of, like, guards or whatever, but it turns out, like, the, these this prince and princess are, like, really sympathetic to Gerda and her quest, and, like, <laughs> outfit her with new clothes and a carriage and everything, and it was really yeah, it sweet. Was, it was darling. It was, um, I love, though, how every everyone, this quest seems to resonate in everyone's heart. The fact that she's looking, searching for her, her... What, sworn what do we brother, call it? Her sworn brother. And that this just draws people almost to tears. And, you know, but yeah, they give her this beautiful coat and mittens and muff and hat. And it just boots feels the depth of golden, her devotion. Yeah, you know? yeah. And a golden carriage. It was great. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I was, I was concerned, but then I remembered how the bird described the prince or how she described Kai and the bird was like, oh yeah, he's like kind and brave and whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, oh wait, no. These are probably good people. Yeah. And um, they are. I didn't think about that. But yeah. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah. yeah, it was a relief that the, yeah, um, they were so nice. Since mom kind of brought it up with talking about how everyone else like is moved to tears by uh, Gerda's story. How do we feel, and we can maybe talk about it more in spoilers if we need to, but how do we feel about the connection between Gerda and and Kai that is is basically the bedrock of the movie's emotion how, how do we feel about that i don't feel like it was it was strong enough i don't feel like it was developed enough i didn't have a i didn't have an investment really i didn't have much of an investment in kai because it didn't there just wasn't enough development. we get like the scene in the garden and yeah. we get the scene of the grandmother talking to them but yeah i think i agree too that it's not enough i think we maybe needed 
like five or, or maybe a few a little less minutes more of like their life before he started being bad like maybe the maybe like the winter where they're out playing and we actually see him pull her on the sled like he did when he wasn't being a butthead you mm-hmm. know just something like that to to further make us feel for the bond that is broken it just feels like it happens too quickly for me to have been invested in what was lost yeah i don't know what that scene could have looked like i really i think they I think they accomplished a good amount with the garden scene. I mean, they had them, like, each make a rose for each other, and then they had a little, like, speech about, like, oh, care for it, like, like we care for each other, or you care for me, or something. Well, I think it's not even just their bond. It's also who Kai was as a person. Sure. He seems really sweet, but I don't get a lot else. He seems sweet, and he, like, wants to protect her, but then he turns bad. And then the most of the movie is me seeing him being bad. So if I had gotten a little more of the good to understand what it's like that he's changed so much, I, I feel like it would have done a little bit more for me. Maybe if if they would have saved some sort of animal like early on. Mm. And then mm. that could have shown later as she goes to look for him. If, if there was a, a tertiary, a third character, where they were both kind... The thing happens on the way out. He's mean to that character. And then Mm. she is like, what happened? And then like, they say that they can show that betrayal with a third character. Maybe. You know, I have an even simpler uh, solution is what if they had even shown him taking care of his grandmother, tucking in a blanket around her while she was sleeping, bringing her something to eat, or even, you know, you know, grandmother, can I do something for you? Just showing that he is just a kind and helpful, you know, person, maybe even doing something for, for Gerda. Maybe she falls down and he just helps her pick up and, oh, are you okay? And bandages her, her leg or something. Just showing something that you see throughout the, um, the movie and the story how kind-hearted Gerda is and and just what a little sweetheart she is and and even offering things uh, offering everything that she has for something but even saying please please and saying thank you but you don't again see the goodness of his character I mean you do a tiny bit but yeah it just doesn't feel like it's enough and I and I want to clarify like I don't feel like the movie just totally fails because of this or anything um like I I do want Gerda to succeed I am rooting for her but I just it's especially like when we have the scenes of Kai with the Snow Queen I'm not it feels like I'm supposed to be sad that this is happening to him and I don't really feel much of anything Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like if I had gotten to know him a little bit as a character a little bit more before with more than just the two scenes and bit of narration, if it had been just a little more than I might've cared more about who he is. Yeah. The, um, or the how, Narnia, who he used to be the, the Narnia Chronicles, or I don't know if that's what's called. They have a version of this in it. And, and it's one of the brothers that again, you, you know, Edmund? yeah, you know, his character and he's been a, a really good, you know, character and a caring brother. And so when he is captured by the ice queen, you you see that that transition and you are rooting for him to be helped and and turned and saved because you feel something for him but they didn't do that well with Kai's character in this yeah it just needed a little more and given that the runtime is short like it's only it's it's about an hour um pretty much right at 
Um, I, I don't, I think it would have, I don't think that like this movie was too long, so you couldn't fit it. So I, I think that would have, would have helped overall sell the emotions of the whole movie a little better if that had had slightly more development, but I, I think it still works fine as it is, but it could have been a little better in that regard. Yeah. Um, so she goes on her carriage they go through the woods and are immediately beset by a bunch of bandits who like tear the golden carriage apart. Um, oh, my favorite line. How kind people and animals are. And then, it cuts, and then immediately. <laughs> then it cuts to people like, it's like, oh, you're in a gold carriage, girl. Like you, you were in a palace and now you're out in a gold carriage. Yep. Like, okay. Um, and there's an old lady who like kind of seems to maybe be the leader of, of this band of brigands. But then like as she's threatening Gerda, then a young girl comes out of like her pack that's on her back and bites her ear and then comes out wielding a knife. Yes. And I just immediately loved this character. <laughs> Um, does she have a name? I don't think she um, has a name. The I robber think. girl, and then in parentheses it says she. So S H E E. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I loved her. She was. <laughs> I mean, that's the the description of how she came out is a very good description of how she is as a character. She will bite your ear, and she will brandish a knife and point it all over, all at you. And she'll be. <laughs> um, it was. It was interesting animation or how they made these characters because the leader of the brigands at, looked more like a witch at times to me, and I was wasn't sure. She had a bit more of a cartoony vibe they, to yeah, her, yeah, but they almost witch like the features that they had her the, the hat, the, the face. I don't know. I'll but talk then, a little more about their appearances in a different section. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and then is is going to eat Gerda, but then again, this little girl is uh, you know like come, the, bites it, her ear and says, pulls out a knife and is like, no, she's mine, <laughs> she's mine, and you she's may my not toy. be. Her. Yeah, she's yes. my toy. And then uh, they they go back to where the hideout. Um, the hideout, yeah. And um, we see that uh, she has several other animals um, that she has, like that are her her toys, yeah. basically. A set, of, a set of birds, a set of uh, bunnies, uh, a reindeer, and yeah. a little fox. Yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that Gerda gets added to, and that's where we're gonna have our cutoff point with what happens there. <laughs> no, but, but it was really funny. She's like. <laughs> Oh, that's a nice muff. And Gerda's like, oh, you're a it. She's like, that's a really nice hat. She's like, take the hat. Yeah, Gerda just offers. Yeah, she's like, here you go. I don't like. She's like, I don't hear have it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and more stuff happens after that. But um, this is the introduction of spoiler. My favorite character. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, anything else with story characters and stuff before we move on to animation? I don't think so. I mean, other than reiterating what I said earlier, that there are then a few plot holes to get from point A to B that start occurring, you know, especially after, you know, the scene between there and the end. Voice acting generally was fine. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, again, we were we were listening to the original um, Russian dub. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it was good. Everyone seemed to play their character well. Yeah. I would agree. Let's start talking about animation. I actually only have one specific note here, but we probably have more to talk about. I just put those magnificent horses. And at first I was referring to the Snow Queen's horses, but there are also other horses. And the the horses always look 
Very nice. Very yeah. nice horses. They do. I love the movement of the horses. I also love the movement of the reindeer. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, and that was beautifully done. I also have my other fun fact. Yeah, I was going to say. Hayao Miyazaki has stated that when he started his career, he had a rough start and was thinking of leaving animation. I started working as a new animator, but actually I didn't like my job at all. Every day I felt out of place. I didn't understand the work we were doing or the ideas we were working on. If I had not once seen the Snow Queen during a film screening hosted by the company's trade union, I honestly doubt that I would have continued to work as an animator. Wow. So this movie is like directly responsible for Hayao Miyazaki. Oh my god! Continuing on to be the Hayao Miyazaki we know. Oh my goodness! Wow. So yeah. I wonder if it again was a lot of the the deer and the horses. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just I think it was the loving attention to detail, and I, I think Miyazaki often has stories that have strong women characters as the focal point, and they're. I mean, the farther you go back in time, the less that those sort of stories seem to be around. Yeah. And and so I think that I I would imagine that was also a big part of what was formative for him about this. Um, I didn't I didn't put mm. all the quotes from him, but I think he also talked about um, how he he felt that the scene where he give where she gives her shoes to the water was a very important part of showing the sort of character she was and stuff like this. This movie really resonated with him. In a way that, like, without it, we might not have had wow, any of the movies amazing. that he directed. Yeah, um, she, she was a great little protagonist, and she was clearly the pro- protagonist of this story. I was going to, for animation, one thing that bothered me and that bothers me in animation in general is when you have a really weird proportion, different proportions. And so, at times, Gerda and even uh, and Kai in proportion to other characters, you know, again, definitely look like children, but there isn't a huge disparity in size. But in the robber scene, when, when um, Gerda is taken, you know, in her golden carriage by, by this band of robbers, you know, at, at points when, when the leader, the woman was holding her up before um, the robber girl says, let her go. She just looked weirdly small, and and the woman almost looked giant. And then there were times when the Snow Queen was with is with Kai, and he definitely looks like a child, but she doesn't look gigantic compared to him. But other times she's holding him, and it's almost like Thumbelina, where he's this teeny thing compared to the Snow Queen. It's just weird, just just weird disparity in proportions at times that really bothers me. Sure, uh, I think what you said is totally valid that's how i want to clear say this up top but also that sort of thing doesn't tend to bother me um what it, what it actually makes me think of is that how a lot of people complained about steven universe in how character proportions would kind of change sometimes um but that doesn't it, i don't know it doesn't affect me that much generally like it's more like for me i guess it's more of the feeling of the size difference rather than it needing to be exactly consistent. And if, and especially like with Kai and the Snow Queen, um, it feels like the times where she is feels particularly massive compared to him is sort of almost thematically consistent with the weight of her influence and just how powerful she seems compared to this little child. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, like... 
in that way, that sort of inconsistency doesn't bother me really, as long as it feels like it works for what it needs to be at that time. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm explaining this nicely at all. No, but that's okay. I agree. Yeah. Beginning of the film, uh, whenever old dreamy starts talking about uh, the town, it really had a lot of depth, how it kind of, uh, the, the view went through, you had the foreground and the background and it was a, I don't know enough about exactly how this was animated to say this, but it really felt like it was, a multi-plane camera situation that like Disney, uh, you know, perfected with how you kind of have the different shifting things yeah, it did to, like that. to create that illusion of depth and didn't feel like that was utilized a whole lot throughout the film. But I agree. I felt, I noticed that at the beginning too. It, it was there. And uh, I think whenever uh, there's a character going through the snow uh, and, and it feels like, the, you have the foreground snow, the background snow, and then the character going up and down the hills. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's the single character or the snow queen. But but yeah, like for those running shots, I feel like they do that. Um, and then just the little things like the crochet, the grandma crocheting. Yes. Uh, like that just looked smooth and, and you had the little ball of yarn rolling around. It was very cute. There's lots of light, like... Stuff with light in the ice palace or whenever powers were being used. It was very, uh, it was very interesting. I haven't really, I, I guess older films do do that with some of the more prismy things, but I, I liked their use of it here. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the animation on She especially. Um, we'll get into it a little more in spoilers, but she has some very, she's a very expressive character, um, whether she's being a little bit of a terrifying menace wielding a knife or a little more sympathetic um, as the movie goes on. She just has a lot of dynamic movement to her. And like Gerda has some of that, but is overall a bit more of a reserved friendly character. Mm -hmm. So it mostly comes out in moments where she's like frantically like, Oh Kai, I'm like running for him and stuff like that. But, but with she, she's just, full-on expressive all the time because she like just kind of lives with her emotions at 11 constantly yeah and she's like a little feral child yeah <laughs> and like the animation really sells that character i think like her just the way that she moves is felt really believable and made that character really work for me there was thinking of movement there were some there were some differences in animation that was weird or and or noticeable to me in this. There was a lot of smooth, beautiful movements that we talked about, especially anytime like the horses, the carriage. Uh, they had they had deer, um, the reindeer, and even other deer running. The movement sometimes of the snow, some sometimes the snow coming down or it depicting the ice queen was more looked more drawn than than actual like animation. It would be kind of. Like some of the things we've seen where they're, you're almost like a picture and depicting the snow whirling and circling. And I think I have I an idea of what yeah. you're... But yeah. then what what the movement difference or real big differences and contrast that kind of somewhat bothered me, but the differences were 
when uh, Gerda was moving and running and, and doing things, and even she was, that would be fairly smooth. But then, for example, when the robber band were dancing and singing, it almost reminded me of old Steamboat Willie, where yeah, they would just kind of the bouncing up and down, you know, both, jilted both their Both their character designs and their movements definitely felt like it harkened back more to the the rubber hose style animation yeah definitely yeah no, I, yeah and that I'm was just you. that was just strange you know because the, the, they would it, almost as if you know again this 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 constant little re- repetition movement of the same scene just being played again and again and you know up and down yeah they they would do that that was an interesting choice um let's see let's see okay so i mentioned the glowing effects in reference to the ice queen but they also had glowing effects in the garden which is place like her flowers were kind of glowing mm-hmm. yes especially wonder, at night mm-hmm. i wonder if that was kind of the glowing mm-hmm. stuff is is like magic maybe uh and and that's you know what yeah uh i also liked uh in the the castle castle mansion the silhouettes for the dancers like the not all of them were the guy silhouettes seemed to repeat a little bit more but the ladies had different kind of hairstyles that you could kind of see through the windows. And then they had the nice fireworks at the end. And it started with like light uh, and her changing colors as they like shot up. And I thought that was really nice. Oh, and that little um, constellation animation was interesting where it turned. And then into transitioned his... into his umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of his first umbrella, when he first spun it and the way that that uh, effect is, if you spin something fast enough, the image kind of stays. And so how the colors melted based on the the shapes on his umbrella it was really nice. Yeah, the um, the spinning umbrella then turned into the city and it served as a transition into the opening scene which was really nice. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. There was I wasn't I wasn't real impressed with how they had Gerda's shoes disappear though into the body of water because compared to what I mean is the animation that I get so spoiled with because to me it was more like you know she these shoes that when the body of water finally seemed to accept the shoes uh you know the shoe kind of goes in goes into the water but then it was more like the image of the shoe just starts getting faded as if they just fade the color and then it disappears as opposed to it seeming like it i don't know disappeared more like i don't know i liked it actually i felt like it the interpretation is not a water hand grabbing it it's just like they just start to sink and then it you're it's up to you to like decide like oh i guess the water liked it as opposed to when she put them into the the water and they just like flowed back to the uh shore and and kind of you mentioned about some things feeling like they uh, are alive the boat's rope kind of slowly undoing as she gets pulled into the water. Mhm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and i'm not saying i dislike it. I guess it's just not a very sophisticated for lack of a better word it's not as detailed or as advanced of, of an animation that i'm used to now i don't know how else to say that but it was it just yeah. didn't look like you expected it yeah it feels like yeah did you have any other specific animation ones i don't think so i just have light and shadow as a note they do that a lot uh they play with that a lot and it's very nice yeah Let's let's ask the question that Valerie has helped make sure is like a one that I always have to ask. <laughs> what if this was live action? 
how could this look how would this look in live action right? there we go how would this look in live action i feel like I we've morphed it. this question we have morphed this question I some and that's a little it. that's a that's little a bit at our friend ryan's uh, behest ah okay yeah it used to be like to be shoot. a little to be a little yeah to be a little less judgmental and uh, like foster discussion exactly okay uh awesome. how might this look in live action well things not being as cartoony with like the water and stuff seems like that'd be a lot easier to translate and kind of accept. They're already kind of asking you to interpret things that could just be incidental as uh, something that, that has will. So I, I think that would be nice or that's, that's probably easy enough. I think some of the things which I won't, I won't get into sp- to details or specifics until we get into the spoiler section, but the, the plot holes, I don't know if I'm saying if they're really plot holes that I'm what I was just going to say is I think it would be more pronounced or you couldn't get by with it even more in live action because what I mean is in general Gerda's character did not they didn't other than her ability to talk to animals and gates and whatever else they show no other um, magic or whatever quality so a little girl running around barefoot in the middle of the snow and other things it just doesn't seem feasible that a little girl could go on this quest without shoes on and running around. It just and if that was live action, unless they again you give her some kind of ability or magical character, you know. I think characteristics. that was part of the story, though. Like that's I think part of it. The point is early on she she gives away her shoes. I'm not quite sure what it's exactly trying to say, but I think it is it is on purpose. For her to to keep going, even though she is like not as prepared as she could be, like it's, I'll, I'll get it in spoilers. But like my favorite line is in spoilers. Mm. Um, it and it it references like her her will and devotion, and like that is her strength. So so it's not magic. It's it's just her. Yeah, it's basically that her. I feel like it. The message is supposed to be that her inner strength over powers any physical the obstacle. obstacles okay. yeah okay. yeah i could see some uh, live action movie like referencing it or pointing it out of just like yeah she doesn't have shoes on and like she she'll keep going she doesn't need to stop and look for shoes because she doesn't care about that it's getting to kai so two of my biggest question marks i guess if if this was live action is how you handle animal characters Mm -hmm. and how you handle the snow queen herself with animal characters. Some of them are more or less just like real animals. Yeah. But some of them are a giant raven who like is clearly bigger than birds than that sort of bird usually is. And then there's also um, some realistic looking animals that also talk later in the movie. And so it's kind of like how, in what manner would those be portrayed? And that, that's sort of a different question. It, whether you're talking, if it was made now versus if it was made in 1957. Oh yeah. If it was, I, if it was made now, I can see them being like being CG just cause they need to do more complex things, but not talking. 
Mm. And like, you know, including the birds. Yes. Shaking their heads and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Do you think they'd still be giant or in this, in what you're envisioning, would they be regular sized ravens? They'd probably be regular, maybe a little bit bigger than normal ravens. But not that big. Early on, uh, Karak is, is telling her, she's talking to Karak and he is like, oh yes, he's over here. Instead of that, maybe he... She is, you know, very sad and mournful just telling this bird who's, you know, and not like, going away um, about Kai and all of that. And, and he, like, and kind of, like, pulls at her clothes with his beak or something. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> pulls her to a thing. And then the other bird comes in. There's no talking back and forth about fiancé, but maybe she does the work of, like, oh, is this, you know, your You could also, whatever? like, have it kind of, like, rub or show some sort of affection, exactly. even if it's not exactly how birds would actually communicate exactly exactly and then and she will she would be doing a lot of the work of like oh can we go now and maybe the bird like does a thing that's like a no like oh should we wait till after or like or will you can you come and get me and then there's some affirmative uh movement and then they you know go through and so then one of the funnier jokes or one of the jokes that i liked was they get into the the house and she um she she she's like oh somebody's there with the lantern and the the fiance bird is like a oh, little naive girl like yeah. <laughs> this is just a suit of armor and she like flies on and she like pecks it to show that it's empty so so she could be like oh somebody's there and then the bird could fly up peck it and then like you know nudge her to go and then there's a follow up joke where she nudges a guard's uh armor thinking that it's a, a suit of armor but it's not so then they have to like scurry away and i can see all of that happening uh the one with the talking ones uh later in the movie yes no i think it could work similarly yes like yeah. both of them kind of doing the the talking to with affirmatives and negatives and being kind of mimicked with... i think i like that Though, again, if it was 1957, I that mean, sort of thing would be way harder to pull off for well. For sure, yes. I, um, I, I also, so the Snow Queen, kind of her whole feel is like larger than life and also kind of ephemeral. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially if it was more modern and then you can take after Lord of the Rings film techniques, um, I feel like having... You know, in in Lord of the Rings, how they film things so that Gandalf seems significantly bigger than the Hobbit. Yeah, I feel like that sort of forced perspective could really aid in making her feel larger than life compared to this child. Yeah. Um, even if you have an actual child actor to really, to force that even more mm-hmm. of like, just she seems too big for like a normal person yeah and and even so like some really good costume design and stuff too yes uh when they did narnia i don't know when they made the narnia film so Uh, so the 2000s i think yeah so the snow queen was in the narnia but they didn't she i just i don't it's been so long since i've seen i mean she's a different character she doesn't have that same feel exactly so what i'm saying is i just remember beautiful costuming Mm -hmm. i want to say Almost she was in blues or maybe she was in white and then the skin, the skin tone that they made Something her like and that. then Edward, you know, look almost kind of the, the bluish white almost uh, to depict, I guess, cold. But yeah, I, and beautiful, you know, white horses, I want to say, in carriage. And... I feel like you could do a fairly, if you really like put the effort and money into it, I think nowadays you could do a pretty 
interesting interpretation of this, especially if you have kind of lavish costumes and sets to kind of really sell the otherworldly nature of some of the places that she ends up. Yeah. Um, but I think if it was 1957, I I feel like it would look really kitschy and probably not hold up terribly well anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I especially like, I don't, I mean, in fairness, haven't watched much, like any live action Russian films. So I really don't know what their film scene was like in the fifties. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure how well that would have stood the test of time compared to an animated version. Yeah. yeah. And unless they knew the techniques of the force kind of perspective, like in Lord of the Rings with, with Gandalf and the Hobbits, you know, unless you use that. I mean, they, then... they wouldn't necessarily have gone for that, but. Yeah. Let's uh, go on. Let's go ahead and go to sound design. I generally like the music quite yeah. a bit. Um, mm-hmm. The composer was Artemi Ivesian. Um feel like they did a great job. Um, I particularly liked uh, the music that played when uh, Karak appeared. I, I know really, that too. Yeah, like the, and the, the horn was kind of like, what do you call it? It's like, is it a vibrato? Like a kind of like the horn that feels like it's like, it's almost, almost makes me think of jazz, like, like a ragged kind of horn playing, uh, which was seemed to kind of be part of his theme. I, I really liked that. Um, and yeah, there were, there were a couple of parts where the music kind of stood out to me. And I was like, mm, yeah, this is... This is a good score. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, yeah. the the robber song, pretty catchy. <laughs> pretty catchy yeah. little ditty. Yeah, yeah. the one song. Would you call? Yeah, it I think that? It, I mean, I wouldn't call it a musical, but there is a song that the robbers sing. Yeah. Um, they they sing it while they're riding away with the carriage and stuff, and then it's a little bit reprised as they're like just kind of partying in their hideaway. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily sing at that point, but the music is to that tune still. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a catchy little song. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have any other notes for this section. Do you guys? No, I mean, I don't think. Let's go on to how's it hold up and keep talking about the robbers. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so it's really concerning that the robbers are mostly entirely dark skinned. All of them are dark skinned to varying degrees. Yeah. Um, the most sympathetic. The most sympathetic one, the little girl, is the least dark skinned. Yes. And big noses. Yeah, it really feels like their character designs are. Um, a wash in stereotypes of both Jewish people and Romani people. Yeah, yeah. Like it really feels like they are just straight up racist caricatures and it's uncomfortable. Like I, I enjoy their bouncy manic energy. Yeah. But it's all really undermined by the fact that their character designs are like racist caricatures. Yeah, no, like that that they feel different in that way. There are some humans who who there are some human designs throughout the movie that do feel a little more like old timey cartoons, especially like the guards and the palace sure. for the for the children and stuff. But none quite so much as these humans, mm-hmm. and they are like the some of the only real dark skinned people. There is a a little bit darker skinned old lady who helps later in the movie, but like these guys are the most dark skinned people and they're, they just, they feel like racist characters. One guy has like an earring and I'm like, yep, that feels like you are definitely a Romani racist stereotype. Don't like it. 
Well, especially in contrast to Gerda, who is, and Gerda and, um, and Kai, who are like the German super race of blonde hair, blue eyes, white, white Even skin. compared to the, the guards who fortunately don't get killed. Um, but like, you see them laying on the ground and they are very white compared to these very dark skinned people who are yeah. robbing from them. Yeah, whenever they're on the uh, uh, carriage, I think they're like noticeably darker, but like. All of these are just, like, shades of darkness that is, like, these robbers are the dark-skinned people. Yeah, it's it's the most uncomfortable part of the movie, which is unfortunate because it also introduces my favorite character in the movie. So it's a little bit of give and take. Um, but, yeah, it's really unfortunate, and I feel like it's it's something that could just easily not have happened if they just hadn't been designed to look like that. They could even still be dark-skinned, but then you should probably have some other nice dark-skinned people, and then they definitely just shouldn't have the sorts of facial features and just looks that they have that are so clearly just caricature. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. it's nasty. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I, I, I think was mentioned, but I don't know if should have been more emphasized or whatever, is the, the idea that she is traveling all over the world. Um... And yeah, it often didn't feel like she was in very disparate areas. Yeah, only near the end, uh, which we can talk about. They they name drop some places, but but it's well. This is where I okay. This is the some of the, for lack of a better word, plot holes that I'm talking about, and where narration could have been better. I needed a clear point where she. I don't know if it told us initially where she and. Uh, Kai were supposed to be from, but even you know, Shalana I would assume Matt, Russia. Yeah, but... I mean, they called their. I, well, I mean, yeah, I would assume but, Russia, but, but I don't. But know. at times, since the narrator was already above, was on a globe. I mean, it literally you could have had the thing where like he points down with his umbrella. Was he on a globe where, the whole time? No, he but was there just were times, on it at one point. Yeah, there were times that he was. So why couldn't you? Him, him show with his umbrella where she started and then you have like you do in a lot of animation a dot 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 where they're next and that or even if you're not going to show all the points that she traveled you could show like where she is the major things is show where she started from where she went to and 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 show this jump on you know yeah that would have helped me because again i was like where you just where wanted a clearer sense of how she much she's traveled yeah. yeah yeah and and that i think might influence kind of their design choices in some things but it truly doesn't excuse any of the their choices with the the brigands like that no. was definitely just racist and bad yeah um yeah are there any other things for this section before we move on to spoilers because that was the big, big obvious one, one yeah not that just... i can think of because i don't yeah i don't think there was really any other isms that we then let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to one hour, twenty-two minutes and fifty-five seconds. Yes, so she is captured by the racist caricatures, and we see the menagerie that uh, she has, and the mom mentioned. There are birds there. And it turns out that those are the babies of the dead bird mom from earlier in the movie. Yes. They grew up. 
and they're here now. And they're like, well, we know what, where he went. And there's also a, is he an elk? Or no, he's a reindeer? He's a reindeer. He's a reindeer. And he's like, I know too. And I can help get you there if I'm freed. And and basically, uh, Gerda tells she her whole story. And that seems to kind of spur a change of heart. And she, and she ends up letting Gerda go and the uh, reindeer go. And then a little bit after they leave, she's like, kind of like having a big emotional reaction and she just like starts letting all of the animals free she's like i don't want to do this anymore get out of here all of you and then she just kind of like breaks down sobbing on the floor the poor little fox though at first thought she was gonna act oh i know she's got got that big knife she's got that knife but she cuts the rope around his neck yeah yeah because he was worried but there was some really good animation of her like grabbing her her like skirt and kind of pulling it up and just like like you can feel like how hard she had to be gripping it and stuff of her just having this emotion. And then it's a little unrealistic, but it's kind of <laughs> cute in a fairy tale sense that the, the animals feel sad for her and come back to her yes. and comfort her. Yes. Um, and I just love her very much. Yes. <laughs> she is a mess and oh. I love her so dearly. Yeah. It's like when hopping out with that knife, you're yes. like, Oh my God, you're so much. And <laughs> She introduction is. biting someone's ear real hard and coming out of a bag with holding a knife <laughs> perfect um yeah no that loved that stuff um and then, then it, it kind of goes quick yeah like her stops are less frequent yeah yeah she's pushing we have the really time. like scary scene where uh the reindeer's like running over the ice and it's mm. like cracking and like falling mm. and i'm like that was i felt too. yeah that an animation yeah no well i mean this yeah. is it's in spoiler section but yes the animation really sells this scene of just like the terrifying nature of running over like a frozen body of water it was really scary like at first it was going behind them and, and nothing was quite getting them but then like right before they got to shore like fell out from under had to scrabble and get out of it yeah it was really well done i just too is i just want to point out i love the reindeer design just just it was beautifully drawn and in his chest puffed out enough um, and then that really accented that that deer-like um kind of darting and movement uh, he was of, a beautiful boy yeah he was a beautifully animated when he boy was, yeah when it was running and there was the scene where he was running in the background you saw some of his the other his fellow reindeer and yeah, they no, were animated point, really nicely I know, too at one point he looks over and he says i'm free but i'm in a hurry it's like i gotta do this though <laughs> I have a thing I gotta do right now. I will come back. Don't worry. Oh, I also we forgot to mention that that she gives Gerda back her. She she hangs onto oh, the yes. muff, but she gives no, she her get, the well, hand she gives gloves. everything back, including the muff, and then she's like, "No, wait, I want to keep that one." Yeah, <laughs> something to remember her by. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but then, but then, which again, I. Irritated oh, yeah. me a little bit. Sorry. Is uh, is wait Gert- before we oh, before go we go on or is this with Sheeta or or Shia or she she no, so what am ahead. I saying? Say yeah. Um. I mentioned earlier that I remember seeing this as a child, and I feel like this was a formative gay experience for me. <laughs> um. I think little baby me had a little baby crush on she. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's she's got like. The kind of like dark around her eyes, almost goth look. She's like wielding a knife. She's like all over the place emotionally, and little little me was about it. I didn't. I rem, I was a hundred percent sure that I'd seen this movie by the time I watched it. But the only real things I remembered is she 
and how great she is like her just the feeling of like oh yeah her and then also the snow queen and her just whole deal so like both so what i'm saying is that my main memories of this movie were both gay (laughs) 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 from an age where i didn't know what that word even meant yeah well what uh, in retrospect yeah well you're so precious what it also could have been is danica was so adorable but we when we lived in well she we used to rent from the fred meyer and and on fridays typically you know i would let her pick out different little films and we'd rent videos and of course, she would have to return him by kissing them and then putting him in the Dropbox. Oh, she stop. was so cute. Oh my god! Oh my god! Stop! It, it was so cute. But it, but this could have been one of the the films that you rented because I, mean, I do maybe, remember seeing it. It stands out to me. I, I don't know feel I've like I saw it a lot, but I do right, feel but like I, I but saw it. But it would make it. sense because you know you would go and yeah. it was kind of like going to the library because we would do that too. But you know you would get your set for the weekend yeah, yeah. or however many we could get, and then we'd return them. So. It could be that kind of thing. I, we never owned this, but sure, sure, sure. We very well could have rented. Yeah, it. one of the there's been numerous du- uh, English dubs apparently. Uh, yeah. So one of those. So yeah, she. I just had to. I just had to talk about that because um, <laughs> that was it. Kind of transported me back to a place once. Uh, once uh, watching it at all, but especially getting to she, uh, I was just like, oh. Oh, it was like a missing link was found in my mind. <laughs> You're so cute. It's wonderful. Going back to a point that you made earlier, Valerie, that makes more sense now in my mind, Have you having said that, is they made a point then, you know, she has, uh, Gerda has this coat and hat and mu- uh, mitts and all this, but she uh, at one point stops at one lady who gives her a fish with this message. But when she gets to the next woman in this hut, she has passed out on the reindeer and, um, and you know, is unconscious and, and the woman brings her in. But when she wakes up out of her stupor, she just runs out the door and jumps on the reindeer without her coat, without her hat, without her mittens, without her boot, boots. And, and the woman makes a point of trying to, no, you've forgotten this and this. And, and so they absolutely emphasize the fact that, again, she's in the middle of this winter and swirling wind and all of these horrific uh, physical, you know, winter conditions. And she, she just has this thin dress and no shoes on and she's persevering. Yeah, that's when they had that line. Well, um, in the in the home. Yes, before yes. the so when she was passed out, the reindeer was like, you know, I hope like grant her the strength of of twelve men or something like that, and the the lady was like. She has everything that no she one, needs. She's like no one can give her greater power than she already has. Yeah, which and is so, the power yeah. of her of her devotion. heart's devotion. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, tr- I was trying to remember what word that they yeah. used, but and the it, power of her devotion. Both the yes. fact that that, that that line happens right before she runs off, and also the fact that this is made in Russia, and they, they, they're acquainted with cold. <laughs> they're acquainted pretty well. Um, makes me quite sure that this isn't like an oversight or like a ridiculous thing that they didn't have any purpose in being there. You know what I mean? Like, I think it like Valerie was saying, is supposed to be indicative of that strength of heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What wasn't real clear to me then is, okay, so she she then is on her reindeer, again, barefooted and, and whatever, but the reindeer can't then at, at one point collapses and cannot go Doesn't on. got a big strength and of heart. And she's just, you know, and she's like, oh, reindeer, please, please. And then, then she just goes off running. Well, she collapses 
But I, it, the transition was just kind of unclear to me because, again, she collapses in the snow, but then all of a sudden the castle appears. You know what it I made me think about? Spoilers for the video game Journey. It made me think about in Journey the part where you you get to the mountains and it's really cold and snowy. And as you get to the end of that level, there's a part where there's just a gigantic like hill mountain that you need to climb up. It's covered in snow, but the wind's blowing really ferociously and like try and try as you might, your little character can't make it up there. You just kind of keep going and you just keep trudging, just get slower and slower. And then you fall and like, it's at the moment where you reach your lowest point that then you actually transition to the end of the game where you get lifted up to the heights of the mountain and get to fly and stuff like that. And it felt to me kind of a similar emotional, like it felt like it was supposed to be a sort of similar emotional catharsis in terms of like, she's trying so hard, but she's in like these awful circumstances and she, she, falls into the snow and she and she passes out and that is the moment like when she's shown how deeply she wants this is the moment where finally like the castle appears for her is what it felt like to me yeah maybe so because then similarly after she goes in and she finds um Kay and she's able to by hugging him I guess it melts enough the the shard of ice. Well, she basically makes him feel enough emotion that he cries and the shard comes out of his eye. Okay. Yeah. Because, so, yeah, it was a little confusing and I think I kind of blame, I think I mostly blame this on the uh, translation. It felt early on, like when it was talked about, like there were two shards, one in the eye and one in the heart. Mm -hmm. But I think it's... I think it's really just the one shard that's in the eye that also affects the heart rather than two separate shards because then she makes him like feel again and he cries and it comes out of his eye and he's good. Like there's no talk about a second one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, There was just something where it seems like he alluded to warmth. Or something after yeah. she hugged him, maybe yeah. is that what caused him to? I cry? mean, I think it's. A, I didn't know if it. Like, I think it's a combination of physical warmth and also emotional warmth. Of okay. just like this is the person that he cares about. Yeah, I didn't know if we were supposed to have lost two shards, and by her hugging him, she no, I feel the like there was just heart. the one, and I feel like the translation was just a little off and making it seem like there was two. Because even uh, the the little guy talking, like he he mimes the eye and the heart, but. I have a feeling he wasn't saying there's a shard in the eye and a shard in the heart specifically, even though that's more or less what the subtitle said. Yeah. And, and that was reference to when she cursed him, she said a splinter in the eye for, yeah, to see evil and one in the heart to, so that they'll do evil deeds. So yeah, but it I'm feels like sure. it's just a like splinter in the eye that also affects the heart. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the other thing that I just wondered about is because then, okay, she she saves, Gerda saves him, makes the shard come out. They just are overjoyed, embrace each other. They start dancing around. And then all of a sudden the Ice Queen comes back. You know, Gerda wants to run away, but he's like, no, it's too late. And she appears on her throne. But Gerda basically just starts telling her to go away. And she's covering her body, um, covering Kay's 
body. No, am I yeah, she's wrong? she's Kai. in front of him. She's Kai, like, yeah, Kai's body. Sorry, I was Kai, yes. asking his name wrong. And she's just shielding him and just saying, "Go away, go away, leave us alone, go away." And the Ice Queen never speaks, and she stands up at one point, and then she just next next week like her just castle disappears, disappears yeah. and then she disappears. Yeah, yeah how did how did you guys interpret I, this? That's what I mean. Is but by again, am I just supposed to assume that that her what did, what did she call it? the devotion, her devotion to Kai, yeah. you know, protecting him, you know, shielding him, even with herself willing to give herself up. Defeated the Ice Queen? I don't know. Yeah, I would think that's exactly it. Okay. Yeah, and, and maybe even a little bit of like, she's already done this much. Like, what more do I have that could kind of defeat her? Yeah, well, kind of the way that, that I thought of it is basically, she sees a kid talk smack about putting her on an oven and that'll defeat her. And she's like, that's absurd. That won't do anything. And you're a dumb little boy and I'm going to ruin your life. Um, (laughs) But then she meets this little girl and it feels like the warmth and strength of this little girl's heart would melt her. This is (laughs) the thing that would do her in. And she recognizes that. And there's kind of, I feel like in her eyes, there's a little bit of a like, Respect. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, that's why she stands up, maybe? Is just yeah, she's like, like, she's like, respect. You, you can talk smack. You get it. You have power. Game, game respects game. Yes. And, and then she just, she just and then she's just like, and bye. Yeah. <laughs> I've done all I need to do here. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I think pretty much that okay. of just like her strength and devotion is like, there's no point. Yeah, it, it just, it feels, I think it just feels really antithetical to how Western movies work. Like, you feel like you need to have direct dialogue between your protagonist and your villain once they have, once they meet, you yeah, know? Yeah, their, their final like it confrontation. Feels, yeah, it yeah. feels like you have to have that. But that isn't the case here. Like, the, it feels like a lot is said even despite no words being said. It feels, yes. I mean... Gerda does talk, but the I, the uh, Snow Queen doesn't, and it feels like she doesn't need to. Like it feels like she realizes that nothing nothing more can happen. She's done as much as she can. Yeah, she gotta go now. I mean, what would that look like anyway? Because Gerda's already done so much. It and... feels like almost anything that the Snow Queen would say would kind of minimize her as a character. Yeah, you know, it's like what do you like? It's not like she can be like a, ha ha, you still can't be me. Like at this point, Gerda's already won, basically. And exactly. there's, there's not really anything that she can say. So she just doesn't. And I think that lets her leave in a way that where she still feels like she has the kind of power and dignity that she has. She's like, this is done. Game yeah. respect game. Gotta yeah. go. <laughs> I, love, I love your interpretation. That's, that's awesome. And my apologies if I've said Ice Queen throughout this You do uh, this keep doing it. It's I, Snow Queen. Sorry, Snow Queen. I might yeah. have said that too. My apologies, yeah. And, um, I mean, as long as we all know that we're not talking about a character from Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. <laughs> I think we're fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then after that, we basically get 
like a cute montage of of Aww. traveling back and we just kind of get to meet like all of the, the major characters that we've met along the way yeah and it's great and of course my favorite part of it is gerda riding gerda and Kay riding in a carriage that she, that she is just is yeah. driving up at the front and it's like it's got all her little animal friends on it because they're just hanging out now well i love that she, i guess i'm just assuming that um she puts reassembles this it seems like carriage. she's like she's like i bet i mean she's probably got a horses. knife and she's like hey guys put the carriage back together yeah, and then harnesses the horses yeah and then yeah she i love i love all her animal friends on top of the carriage yeah no it was really cute getting to like it was cathartic it felt like to be like Yes, we get to see all the people who helped her along the way, and that's yeah. really nice. Mm-hmm. And they, then, of course, they, they go wave back to their and wish her well. Yeah, and they get back to their windowsill, and it's kind of like it was at the beginning of the movie, but they've been through so much. No, their little terrace, their their yes. little that's um, what their I'm little saying. bridge. You said windowsill. Sorry, uh, that's okay. Yeah, their little, their little, their little thing between their the houses. Their little porch thing. Yeah, yeah, and then, and, and then our little little dreamy dude like comes out of a flower and like says the right. last couple of lines, <laughs> yeah. and that's the end. Yeah, yeah, cute, cute. that's very cute. Yeah. Uh, anything else with spoilers we want to talk about? I don't think so. Oh, other than too, it was fun to see that. Of course, uh, we didn't have to worry about our reindeer. He was fine, and then all of his friends bouncing. So, like you said, we get to see everyone. Anyone we were concerned about, were they okay? Or even just getting to see. Them I feel again. like the only like relatively major character we didn't see was the lady who put her to sleep in her garden. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but she but she sucked. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She would have tried to capture them again. Maybe now, probably. Um, um, I get you know I I would have liked to. To get a nice look at the water that helped her out briefly, yeah. <laughs> just like they, they, do pe- go they in just the boat, like though at some point do they go in the boat? Yeah, I, I'm almost positive they oh, do. They, I'm almost positive do they, they go in the boat. I, I, don't I don't know if they go in the boat. Okay, um, but you know if they just been like riding past in a carriage and she just like nodded at the water, yeah. <laughs> the water like there's a little shine in the water. Or yeah, something. they would have. <laughs> Um, or, or you see a tip of her shoe? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, <laughs> she's gone. Saying. The. Uh, I guess just with the with the castle and the animation, uh, again the light stuff is is very interesting, and for live action, I think that would be an interesting interpretation. Uh, maybe lots of mirrors or something, possibly to kind of get that sheen or the the glowing that happens. The glints. Yes, yes. You know, th- this is I don't know how to, if I'm going to articulate this this correctly, but I love whatever. I don't know specifically what it is. What specific things make me get this feeling? But I love, almost for lack of a better word, the coziness, the quaintness they can create and make of the of the town of of the little village that they're from, just with the houses and the proximity and that little join and the way the snow is and and the signs. It just in the little bridge. It was just beautiful and cozy, and I just wanted to be there type thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it felt really nice. We're done with spoilers? I think so. All right, we are done with spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? The one with the birdies, because that made me sad. That was so sad. Oh, yeah. And if yeah. it's like, if, if sad is like impactful and so like it doesn't make sense to be your least favorite. I can, I'm almost on that one, but I think what the, the thing that bothered me was the brigands um, yeah. and, and even the the kind of the the different animation with them just bopping up and down around the around the fire and just getting drunk and stuff 
I didn't like that that scene. I like the things with she, but but there was one point where they emphasized them for a while that they're just all around getting drunk and bobbing up and down um, around the fire. I didn't like it. I don't know. I do everything besides the way that those dudes look. I do really enjoy. So I can't quite say that that's my least favorite, even if it is really egregious. Yeah. No. It's just so. It's like so othering. It is. And it's like it's an interesting choice. But it's like I. But part of me wants of to party with these people. people but like, it makes, well, but it's I, upsetting. Yeah. yeah. I guess. No, it sucks. Yeah, my interpretation though is, and you're saying parting. To me, it was more just like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's reminiscent of like pirates. They loot and then they're just going to get drunk and just waste it all. That's to me, it was like pointless. What are you? What are you stealing this stuff for? You, you know, I don't know. I just felt like they were parting to me. And um, part of it, I think, was a narrative function. Yeah. Uh, um, focusing on something different. Right, right, right. I think my least favorite scene was the flower garden lady. Mm, I just didn't really enjoy that part mm. very much. Sure. I don't know that it necessarily needed to be cut or anything. I just didn't enjoy it very much. Fair. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I d- yeah. I have lots of issues with the stuff with the brigands. Um, yeah. But there's a lot about the scenes that I like so it's difficult for me to say that it's my least favorite but it is the part that leaves me the most conflicted certainly mm-hmm. what was your favorite scene in the movie i think for me i guess in spoilers sure just be vague the return scene or just getting to see all the characters i think that again. might be for me too yeah. is, is just kind of the return home yeah was was nice mm-hmm. yeah that was delightful who was your least favorite character I would say the woman in the garden because I just find it creepy that she was trying to kidnap a little girl and then is like, you know, go to sleep and combing her hair, you know, kind of like, again. uh, It was creepy. Actually, Um, just thinking about it, it seems like it mirrors what happened to Kai. And yeah. Mm. Like, you know, he gets taken by a snow queen, can't like shake it off but she and her will like she's captured by this nice lady but she has the strength to remember and like the will to move on with her quest oh yeah i like that Hmm. yeah i still don't like that lady though so i think she'll be my least favorite character uh yeah i guess i mean most of the characters are pretty strong and like served a purpose and yeah i guess she's probably one of the ones that could have done with a bit more yeah uh motivation like it's the the narrator was the one that had to tell you what was up and so that makes it i think inherently a bit more weaker yeah so sure i'll agree who was your favorite character i'm gonna go with gerda because she was just such a little sweetheart i I mean yeah she's our little protagonist that's valid she's a sweetie I don't always choose the protagonist, though. No, but no, she's true. She's such but... a cutie. I liked uh, Karak a lot. I liked that yeah. part. Yeah, I was going to say. came in, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm about you. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. a cool dude. No, yeah. he's a chill dude. His fiance was rad, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like him, and I like the reindeer, as far as the animals are my two, two of my favorite. We already know that she is my favorite character. I love <laughs> yes, her so I much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sweet man. Feral child. She is. I love oh. <laughs> Just wielding that knife. It's I know. So good. Just, she's got that knife. She's got that eye, like, eyeshadow or whatever she's got going on. And she's got that, like, just, she's at an 11 all the yeah. time. It's great. <laughs> she's like, oh, you have a story? Tell me the story. Yeah. Uh, she's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This movie wasn't a musical. Um, 
But again, that song song was nice. Um, what character would Tim Curry have played if he were in the movie? Ooh, ah. What if, he Ooh, was, uh, what if he was Karak? Would he make little? Yeah. Would he make yeah. some little bird? I was just because yeah. I was just trying to think bird of speech. Yeah, because there weren't really many yeah. male no, or I other like male characters. But yeah, that would be good. Who would be his fiance? Oh, could have someone that had a little. I don't know. I was almost thinking of like uh, a, you know, but Beauty and the Beast. The difference between the candelabra and the and the little. Um, Feather duster. duster. If there was, if there was a contrast in in accents or or even uh, high low voices, because Tim Curry's voice is so amazing, I'm not sure what would be a nice contrast to that, but a contrasted voice for the fiance. Yeah, no, I'd be curious. Like I mentioned before, they were supposed to be traveling the world, and it's not clear to me what place that they were supposed to be in. So that could. Inter- you know, uh, influence the the voice of who might be a good fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, my other uh, proposition, um, which we can talk vaguely about, is the deer that appears later in the movie. That could be good. You mean the reindeer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But no, I think Karak would be good. Yeah. I think All right, let's go on to our... one of the ladies at the end of the movie. He could be one of the older <laughs> ladies at the end of the movie, that's true. Okay, now let's move on. <laughs> Okay, let's go on to our overall consensus, what we would rate it. Uh, yeah, I think I'd, I'd recommend it overall. Oh, I was curious. What timeline does this fall in versus, like, Snow White? When was Snow White made? 20 years before this. 20 years before. Because, honestly, the, the Snow Queen gave me a, a little bit of the... Uh, uh, the evil queen we- vibes? Yeah, 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 evil queen vibes. No, I can feel it. So, wait, this was 20 years prior to Snow White? No, or vice after. Versa? Other way, other way. Okay. This was 57, Snow White is 37. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so early. Like, the whole dotted line thing that we mentioned before, was that in effect? It's just interesting to think about because it's so early. The snow what qu- are the standard yeah. visual languages or what's yeah. currently being established? Um, the Snow Queen both made me think of the Queen from Snow White and felt kind of anime. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like 70s, 80s anime where yeah, they yeah, have yeah. N- not the sort of anime face shape that tends to be an anime now, but a little bit older anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah t- time wise, I, I, I meant to ask that question before. Yeah, uh, I'm 20 curious, years after. I'm curious about what it could have influenced and what might have been its influences. Yes. No, I think, uh, um, I mean, yeah, Snow White is basically an influence on literally every animated movie to come after it. So, yeah. Um, and, okay, so, yes, I would recommend it just as a part of kind of what I was thinking about is it's it's early and it is impactful to people who create things now uh yeah it's a it's it's it was an impactful for uh formative movie to one of the greatest creators of animated movies that exists today so and yeah you mentioned uh steven universe earlier and yes like she totally gave me diamond fills oh yeah uh of just like bigness and like an attitude i mean given given how much rebecca sugar clearly values old cartoons and stuff like uh you know she she uh with spinel you know shows her love of like old rubber hose animation yeah um i would not be surprised if she also enjoyed some older animated movies like this, because no, definitely can get some 
White Diamond vibes, especially from Snow Queen. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even especially even her face and and, and her hood or whatever yeah. it yeah, was over it. Definitely. Yeah, so like recommend it at, at minimum because of those things. Yeah, this also, is one of those movies that inspires so many people. Yeah, is that. But also uh, story-wise, like I, I liked it. Um, there is that glaring... Yes, the racism. Blemish on this movie of, you know, a group clearly being othered uh, and these kind of bad guys getting traits from races and groups that have been othered. Uh, And so it just adding to that. And so, of course, I don't like that, but I would still give it, I will say, 3.5. Yes. (laughs) You seemed unsure for a second. I'm so not sure. I'll let you sit Three. in that for a second. Yeah. I would also recommend this movie, especially in after our discussion and in in con you know, within the context of all the things that it has influenced. Uh so definitely I would recommend it. I think I'm going to go with a I think a three point five also, uh, because it's a little bit, le- the animation I liked, I didn't like as much as last week, and I forgot what I gave that. Yeah, I, so I think 3.5, I want to say last week I did something like 3.75, but just because the animation I didn't like quite as much, uh, but because, and then also the storyline is just not something, the way it jumped around, but yeah. It's I, not to your so storytelling taste, correct, necessarily. Correct, but yeah, but it, but it, very interesting, and and. I wouldn't put it again on a must see, but but I would definitely not have caveats or say don't see it because it is it, it has influenced many things. And if you've watched any of the Chronicles of Narnia, if you've seen it's definitely a neat adaptation. And since it's so close to the book, for that reason, yeah, I think it's an interesting watch. Uh, yeah, I I definitely recommend it. Um, I think I'm gonna actually echo you guys three point five. I think I probably would have done 3.75 without the racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like part of me wants to, part of me wants to say four in that, like in terms of like, I feel like this is, especially if you care about animation, a pretty important movie to watch, but I do feel like it has issues. Um, I feel like the pacing could probably be a little better. I feel like we needed to be made to care about, Kai a little more and um, also no no racism please um, I'll take my movies with uh, less racism please um, pre- preferably no so, so yeah I think 3.5 I I recommend it I feel like if there's like I haven't watched all of Soyuz Multifilm's works but this is one of the most well known and so in that sense I would say if you watch one Soyuz Multifilm make it this one like it is, it is one you should check out. This is like, so Yuzmult film is basically like the Disney of Russia in terms of their importance to that culture and the the craft with which it is made. So so yeah, I I, I would recommend watching it. I think it is good. It has flaws, but I think it's very good. Um, so I would almost, I would, I would more or less put it on a must-watch list if you care about animation. Like, which if you're listening to this, I assume that you do. But you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, and three point five. Okay, so you brought, you reminded me. Oh yeah. We did watch Night Before Christmas last year. We did. Mm-hmm. Comparing them, 
I would say uh, this one had more stakes. So if you want something with more stakes, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think I had more of a good time watching Night Before Christmas because it was so, so goofy at some point. Yeah, when it's stuffing so many yeah. people into the bags. And so things, yes, so it's was... hard to say which one I liked better. I think I like this one better overall, but they're they're both very interesting. Yes. Uh, that was one thing that you wanted to ask. <laughs> and then better than Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> That's such an unfair comparison. These are no. these are completely different movies. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I definitely would say that, well, the Frozen storyline, the, the tell, the narrative was more to my liking than this because this was harder to interpret. I mean, there's so much, so much more in this that was left for interpretation and just without really being pointed out even passage of time or just some things that it just made it harder. I don't, in other words, it, it took away from the enjoyment when you have to sit there and say, wait, what's going on? Or trying to figure something out or figuring out a gap. And I don't like that. So in that sense, I so like So if you're the, the sort of person who prefers modern Western storytelling, current Disney movies, Frozen, let's say, then <laughs> this isn't necessarily going to be one of your favorite movies. If you are someone who hates modern storytelling stuff like Frozen, and I know those people exist, I've seen them <laughs> online, then you'll probably like this one a lot better. <laughs> I think there are people who do legitimately like being able to have a more interpretive view of a movie because the movie is asking that of them yeah. rather than being fed exactly what the movie wants them to feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not... I would say I'm probably a little more in the like, yeah, I mean, I like Disney movies camp, but I have a great appreciation for the other two. Um, It's not my favorite. Those aren't my favorite types of movies, but I do appreciate them and enjoy them. Um, So, I mean, is this better than Frozen? It really depends on what sort of movies you like. Like, there's really no other way to to put it. It just depends on what kind of movies you like. Um, I think it's very good. I think um, it's good, and I think... I personally... Yeah, it's probably more. It's more interesting than Frozen. I I, I think I liked some of the characters here. <laughs> yeah. More, and I disliked more characters in Frozen than this. Like, yeah. Some of them are more annoying. And- I th- I feel like this is to me more rewatchable than Frozen. I watched Frozen once and I got it. I like I understand Frozen. I don't think I've watched it a second time. Um, like it's a it's a it's a fine film. Like I don't hate it. I enjoyed watching it when I watched it. Let It Go is a banger. It's been played way too many times. My wife basically hates it now. Um, I hate it. I know you don't. I, I just like to be hyperbolic. When 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 you get to the Frozen World in Kingdom Hearts 3 and you have to sit through the entire song again, yeah, but Donald, Goofy, and Sora are just kind of there. Like, I, did I need that? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but like, Frozen's a fine movie. I think this is probably a more artistic movie because frozen is like corporate disney at its fine like it's like it's it's disney like disney movies can be artistic but are they necessarily ever going to be this level of artistic i don't know it's debatable uh i would say that this is better than frozen but like it really just depends on what kind of movies you like yeah but i was gonna and say, it's a stupid comparison honestly it is it is i was gonna say i totally love the reindeer in this even compared to in comparison to the caribou in Frozen, because he's such a beautiful boy. Yeah, yes. he has. He's just perseveres so much. He's Sten, is awesome. Sten the reindeer? 
the the dude talks about him all the time. Was oh, he a caribou or reindeer? Yeah, I, I don't maybe know. he's a reindeer. Who knows? Know. But yeah, but this uh, the, this Sven? this guy's Sven? This... maybe Sven. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> this uh, wraps up. This is our this is our uh, finale for our 2020 Holiganza. So this is the final one. Um, thank you all thank for listening you. and for uh, sticking with us this year. Um, yes. It's been a been a uh, an interesting year. Been a time. Not even in. I mean, in terms of the real world, yeah, it's been quite quite a year. In terms of just our podcast, we went from like weekly to biweekly, um, and so that's been an interesting transition. But next year, we are going to have weekly episodes again. In terms of in between major episodes, and and we will have many episodes where we are going to start uh, covering chronologically cartoon shorts that I find to be either historically important or just very enjoyable. And we will just slowly be going through those. I'm trying to cover as many studios as I can find stuff for. So I don't want it to only be like Disney and Warner Brothers, Um, you know, get some Fleischer in there, get some Terry tunes or whatever. Like I'm going to try to get other stuff in there. How much of it we'll watch, I don't know. I'm going to be the curator here. so. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to be going chronologically to kind of get a sense of how animation evolves through cartoon shorts. And we will also be going, you know, past the golden age of uh, theatrical animated shorts into the 70s, 80s, even current times where they're, they can be more experimental and different and interesting too. So, yeah, we'll be having a fun trip with that. Yeah. Um, so we hope so you we, come those along. Will, yes, those will be in between our main episodes. Um, if it's like a Disney movie that then has sequels, those will be back to back like usual. But like, yeah, between the major episodes, we'll be doing those. Also, at the beginning of next year, we're going to be taking a little bit of a history dive. We're going to watch some of the earliest bits of animation, some of the earliest animated movies. Um, that's kind of going to be what our January and February is looking like. So, you know, hope you hope you enjoy a little animation history lesson. It'll be way more fun than that sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next time we will be watching some of the very first pieces of animation that ever existed and then as far as movies we will watch the earliest existing animated film like the earliest one that we still have access to wow okay well we sure do hope that you decide to come along and keep joining us we love having you listen to us please tell your friends please continue to follow us like subscribe all of that yes please yes Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us during this this year. Crazy 2020. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, next one's a bit better. Yes. So stay safe. We love you guys and we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. 
Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening! I was just, I was just stretching. Why are you guys so rude? So cute. You guys are so mean so. to me. I feel so sad. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I love you. Yeah. <laughs>